Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. I'm really excited to be talking to a horror author by the name of R.I. Polsgrove, but she goes by River. Hey. And I want to say hi. Hi, River. How hi. are you? I, my pronouns are actually they, them. Ah, gotcha. Yes, I am a non-binary author. I know people get confused, but that's okay. No worries. I, I'm okay with that. Just tell me and I, I respect that, surely. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Let's go ahead and start talking about your Dead Soul series because this is kind of fascinating. I love the artwork on your books as well. I like the storyline. So can you tell me first what it's about? It's about a, it's kind of like your classic uh, horror romance where you have the supernatural creature falls in love with a human but it doesn't follow the exact formula where the little human is just constantly scared all the time and so timid. No, my main character, Rianne, she is foul-mouthed. She is assertive. She will tell you what she wants, when she wants it, how she wants it. And if That's you awesome. do <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so then the, the big bad boy, Quinn, he is actually a veyer, which is a vampire that got bit by a werewolf and lived because that werewolf bites can be very toxic to vampires. But That's if you live, yeah. But if you live, you get like, you can walk around in the sun as long as you're like properly covered. Silver won't kill you, but it will leave a rash. You get a strength boost, but you can't run as fast as a vampire anymore. So it kind of levels things out. Right. There's like a good and a bad for right. both. Right. So anyways, Quinn starts out looking at seeing Rhiannon and he thinks, ooh, this is going to be a really good meal. <laughs> he's, originally, he's originally planning to like kill her and take her back to his friend Lucas. But when he finds her, he finds her after she had just gone to a crash with a drunk driver and she's on her way to her mom's funeral. And Quinn's just like, I don't really feel right killing someone on the way to her mom's funeral. Right. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a little awkward. So he ends up actually attending the funeral with her. And realizing that her family is actually really, really fucked up, like in a lot of ways. So he kind of is like, I really don't feel like killing her now. I don't want to. So he kind of intercedes. He, I don't know what word to use here. He kind of intercepts. He he deals with some of her family drama. Mm -hmm. And he takes her home, leaves her unharmed. And then Lucas, his best friend, is like, wait, so you found a human and you just let her go? What What's wrong with you? What What the heck? So that's kind of the setup for how things go. And obviously, Quinn and Rianne fall in love. Yeah, one of the things I really try to do is I try to build on their friendship. So it's not just insta-romance, oh my god, sex, lust, yeah, it's friendship. Even though they do end up dating very, very quickly, but there's a lot of reason for that. So that's the basic premise. <laughs> is that all in the very first book? Uh, that, yeah, all kind of, all kind of throughout the well, series. Well, that's all in the very first chapter. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, the rest of the book it gets crazy from there. In a good way. In a good way. <laughs> How many books do you have in the series so far? So far, okay. So that's a complicated question. Oh, um, really complicated is because my writing process is absolutely insane. So it started out as. The Dead Soul series, and that's it. But then okay. I realized, wait a minute, 
I really want to dig into these characters' backstories. Right. Like you weren't done yet. At the moment, I have, I believe, two books, two, three, three now, three books out for the Dead Soul series. And then for the spinoff series, Into the Darkness, that follows the backstories of my main characters. So we have Korra. We have Quinn. Oh, and, and I did have Midnight Kiss as a separate thing, but I recently kind of mushed that together with Korra. Oh, because, okay. Because it really, it was so short and I just figured, and, and a lot of people got kind of got confused about why are these two separate things. The honest answer is because I wrote Korra, I published it, and then I realized, oh, this, these two would be so cute together. I need to make them together. So I kind of oh, wrote a gotcha. where these two characters it's a, it's a little spicy and um, <laughs> it's really spicy and we're okay with that <laughs> <laughs> that originally ended up being a short story but then i recently kind of just smooshed it together with cora so if you buy cora you also buy midnight kiss nowadays oh gotcha cool. at least if you get it in the paperback version so we have cora then we have quinn and then god what else is that all for the Dead Soul series or the Into the Darkness series? Oh my gosh, I can't even remember how many things I've... Oh my God, this is crazy. Well, you live inside this world all the time, you know, so it seems... It's you. It's, it, it, <laughs> it all really does kind of blend together. And my writing process is real. Let me just like look myself up on the Amazon real quick. Yeah, I really do live inside this world. And sometimes what happens is I'll be... I'll be writing and I'll be driving and I'll be listening to a song and I will get to a point where like I will be so invested in the plot and what's going on in my head. I will like actually have to like pull over the car <laughs> and write down the scene so I can be safe. It's so bad. I swear I'm a good driver. I'm a safe driver. <laughs> well, that's how I imagine writers, though. You know, um, when you're not like sitting in front of your computer with the curtains drawn and typing away. Oh, whatever God, that's else that you're doing it actually is no it's <laughs> like wrapped in a blanket drinking a giant thing of coffee just shaking <laughs> trying to like get it all down on the page it is <laughs> sexy as that's, that's how we imagine you, you writers absolutely like i said even if you're not at your desk when you're driving or you're grocery shopping when something comes to mind you guys are like frantically writing it down just so it doesn't escape so <laughs> So for the Into the Darkness series so far, yeah, I have Cora, Quinn, and Archie. And Archie pairs really well with another book from uh, the Dead Soul series, Blood and Brains, because it kind of goes into the backstory of some characters you see in Blood and Brains. Oh my god, my writing process is such a mess, and that's why my stories get broken up so weird. Hey, once we're invested in one, we're, we're in for it for the whole world. Oh yeah. Remember, I think yeah. this is so cool. One of my favorite compliments I ever got was someone saying oh yeah no your books are like the MCU except with vampires because there are some books that don't even have like the main four deaths the soul in them they like go into the lives of like side characters like Cora. Quinn makes a tiny cameo as like a little baby but beyond that he's not in it at all it, it explores these side characters in his backstory and one of the reasons I wanted to do that was because I didn't want to info dump in the main book and I didn't want to just introduce these characters just out of the blue i wanted to give them enough space to shine and to breathe gotcha i love yeah. hearing that about others and the process how yeah. was it writing your main characters or was there one that you had a hard time with or anything like that whether Ooh. quinn or ian or oh goodness 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 okay so writing my main characters so a lot of my writing and my writing process has been kind of 
therapeutic for me. And I mean that like, at, like literally, like I use my characters and my books to process a fuck ton of trauma that I went through. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot of trauma. So just to give you a little idea of what I'm talking about, in Death to the Soul, I have a dedication and it is dedicated to my rapist. And it basically says like, hey, listen, hey, rapist, I know who you are. I know what you did. Just because the cops won't do anything doesn't mean I have to take this. You are going to be named and shamed and Everyone's going to know what you did. Obviously, I'm I behind you 100%, yeah. by the way. I, Absolutely. Unfortunately, at the moment, I can't name them right now because I don't have mm-hmm. the resources. I don't have a big enough platform. I, there's a lot of things that would need to happen for me to really name and shame him. But basically, this guy, I want to use my work to bring awareness to a lot of issues like human trafficking, child abuse. Yeah. So a lot of my experiences go into my characters. So writing my characters was very healing and therapeutic and hard and aggravating and frustrating and sad, but overall so, so good. It allows me to process my trauma in a safe way and a way that's kind of removed from it. Yeah. So I obviously put in a kind of a placeholder character for some of my abusers And I'm not going to give any spoilers, but things happen with that. And I've been told from a lot of other survivors of abuse, like, oh, my God, I can really relate to this. Oh, my gosh, reading this was so helpful and cathartic for me. Thank you. And every time I hear that, I'm just like, I'm doing good. This is what I want to be doing. This is why I write. I write because I want to help people. And like I said, hopefully, if I get a big enough platform and I am able to safely name and shame these people, it will protect future victims. Because let me tell you about this this one guy, the person who I talk about in the dedication. His I refer to him as L. He ran a school. It's like a little cult school. Ran from ages two, like, yeah, still crapping your pants two to age 18 as in legal to vote. About 50 kids in the school in total. And he was an abuser, like, he was also a pedophile, a Nazi pedophile. Let me, let me wow. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did I find out he was a Nazi? Well, we had this one history class that he was teaching. And for some reason, I just didn't pick up on this at the time because my brain was just so fried from, you know, being raped and being abused. My brain, I was just so checked out. But, you know, thinking back on it, it's like, this is stuff that he should not have been saying in a history class. But he was saying word for word, like, Oh, Nazis aren't that bad of people nowadays. They have softball teams and barbecues nowadays. Yeah, no, they're not that bad. And of course, you had the dumb high school boys walking around like, oh, I want to be a Nazi. That sounds so fun. Like, that's horrifying. Right? Like, oh okay. my gosh. Yeah, no, this was, and this school is still open today. He knows what he's doing. One of the things he does is like, if you're a new kid to that school, he will put you on this like this one year like probation. And during that year, he will check to see if your parents will buy into his bullshit. And if they buy into his bullshit, then he keeps the kid, he locks the kid in like this contract. Like you try to pull your kid out too early, then he charges the parents a shit ton of money. But if the parents start to catch on to his bullshit, he kicks the kid out and expels them. So he knows what he's doing. So as long as he can manipulate the parent, the kid stays. If he can't, the kid can leaves and no, and like before the kid gets hurt. I know this absolutely sounds crazy. Sadly, things like this do happen and still happens to today and the power that they crave. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of law enforcement have said like, yeah, we believe you. We've seen this before, but there's nothing we can do. Something else that was 
shocking to me, like, like after thinking about it, this guy, L, he wrote a play for the school to do. It was terrible. It was like wannabe Tolkien meets Lewis. It was so bad. My character was Princess Aelin. And actually, I ended up naming Quinn's mother after this character as kind of like a tribute. So Quinn's mother is Aelin Hallward. And my character in this play was Princess Aelin. So Princess Aelin was engaged to this horrible guy named Galen. So in the play, this is a high school play, okay? Well, high school with ages 2 to 18, room full of parents. And one, there was this one plot point where my abusive husband, I was like a 14-year-old at this time, and the guy playing my husband was a senior, giant, terrifying-looking guy, like really scary. And part of this play he backhands me like obviously it wasn't like a real slap like I had to yeah but still but still like that can be traumatizing yeah this happened in a room full of parents and nobody batted an eye no one was like yeah this is weird that's how good this also Prince Galen never ever got any sort of punishment so my character kind of fell in love with one of the humans that came into this fantasy world but then he just leaves and she's just left in the hands of this abuser like okay I guess fuck her okay and a bunch of parents were like chill with this like that is how manipulative he is and just how skilled. And like I said, the school is still open. Yeah, there are still children at risk at this school. And oh my God, it it was a nightmare. It was absolutely horrifying. I mean, the stories I could tell you about this man and this school, well, most of them will go into my stories. That's not even covering the trauma from my, what I consider my ex-family and my ex-mom and my ex-uncle. There's a whole human trafficking side to that that I'm not going to get into right now. And it's like cartoonishly evil, which is another reason why writing it in my books has helped so much because it gives me that space to kind of step back and be like, okay, this is happening to a character. Oh my God, this character handled it the best way they knew how. I am so proud of them. And it's like, wait a minute, that character literally did everything I did. That is compassion that I'm feeling for myself and how I handled it. Like I'll look at myself in my situation and think, oh my God, this was my fault. I could have stopped it. I could have gone to the police. And then I write my characters. Same thing happens. My characters respond in the same way. And it's like, oh my God, poor babies. They didn't do anything wrong. They couldn't have done anything. It's like, oh, wait a minute. That's literally what happened to me. So it's been been therapeutic because I've been able to extend my self-compassion that I've been able to extend to my characters. And I think that's another thing that my readers have been able to do that has just been so humbling. Like they'll look at my characters, they will relate to them. They will feel compassion. And then it's like, oh, wait. I relate to this. This compassion should go to me. Every single time someone reads my books, they blame the abusers. They blame the correct people. And yet in real life, the abusers are like, oh, well, are you sure? Are you sure that happened? Like the the abusers can get away with this stuff. But if you read about the exact same thing in fiction, it's like bad, bad abuser. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I want us to start talking about this and start realizing like, hey, listen, when there's a victim of abuse, you need to not blame them. In fact, the blame mm-hmm. really should be on the abuser. You know, the kid that got raped should not be the one at fault. The person raping kids needs to be the one at fault. And I know, Absolutely. You, but that's not how it plays out. And again, this is why I write my books. I want this stuff to be brought more to light. I want us to start looking at abuse and what happens and how it happens and why it happens in a different way. And I want us to start putting the shame onto abusers like even though we will never probably be able to make any sort of big sweeping legal change i want there to be social change so the shame falls onto the abusers 
because shame is so powerful. And I think if we put it on the abusers and I guess take away, or at least give them some sort of consequence for abuse, then maybe they'll stop. Because the way things are going now, there's no social consequences, there's no legal consequences, none of that. So why would they stop abusing people? This is very, very important. Yes. The platform that you're that you're standing up for and standing up against. And mm -hmm. one of the keywords that I keep catching on is the word kid. Mm -hmm. It's a kid, a child being abused. And that's that's bottom line. The child is not it's not being believed. It's not being taken out of the danger. And, but you're right. If this is your way of bringing this into light, Let's keep going with it. Yeah. You know, there's 80,000 things that you and I can't do, but this is one way for us to be able to do it. This book is not only to me, not only entertainment, it's actually very important and mm. very personal. And wow, River, this is this is very, very significant and strong of you. Thank you. Another reason I wanted to write my books is because I wanted to do something good with my trauma. I didn't want to just sit there and fester. I wanted to take control of it and use it for good. And in fact, use it against not just my abusers, but other people's abusers. Like I want my books to empower people. I want my trauma to be used for good. And I want it to hopefully be used to stop future people from getting like hurt or future victims. That's what I want. At the end of the day, I want this to backfire hard on not just my abusers, but other abusers. So other people can recognize the signs. I wanted to do something productive with my trauma. I love that you use also the word control, because hopefully maybe when somebody listens to this or read your books, they can at least take control of how to deal with the trauma, you know, yeah. whether it's through art, music or whatever, or just speaking out loud. The fact that you were brave enough to do so in this media, they'll figure out their own outlet to do so. So with this, it doesn't sound like you're done with the Dead Soul series because oh, you're branching no. out little little characters. <laughs> do you have kind of like a main plan, like yes. six, seven books or anything, so, anything like that? Or Oh, you sweet summer child, six or seven. <laughs> Mere child's play. <laughs> no, actually, Right now, I'm looking at my list and like I have a master outline with like all the books that I have planned out and all the books I have written. This is actually almost embarrassing. So in total from the Dead Soul series and the Into the Darkness series, mm -hmm. I have 29 books planned. Ah, that is great. I have 29 books. And like, okay, so a lot of these are also like the Into the Darkness series, like the backstories. So the next books I'm going to be writing are going to be Max and Lance's backstory. Max's backstory is going to be such a tearjerker. And if you read Quinn's backstory Aww. and you know what happens, you're going to be ugly crying a lot. So I think these two are going to be man. <laughs> Quinn's backstory makes everyone cry, makes everyone cry. Like I, I haven't met a reader that hasn't come to me and been like, yeah, I've, ne I, I never cried at Quinn's backstory. No, everyone is like, I cried. I don't cry, but I cried. It's so. Dark. I'll let you know. I'm sure I'll react the same way. <laughs> And then so for the more of like the main Into the Darkness series, book two for the Into the Darkness series is going to be Lucas and then it's going to be Brothers in Blood. And then it's going to kind of shift and you're going to get kind of some perspectives from some werewolves and kind of get more like what like the werewolf side of the Blood Wars. Then it's going to kind of go back and there's going to be a resolution and then there's not going to be a resolution and there's going to be a resolution again. And then we're going to have Natalie's backstory 
It's a lot. And then for the main series, it's just going to kind of keep going. It's going to follow these characters. And the other thing that's going to be fun is that the protagonists, like the main characters that we have focused, are is going to eventually kind of shift towards like the end. I don't want to give too much away, but there's going to be a little bit, there's going to be a few books where it's going to focus more on Lucas and Natalie's journey. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm not saying any more about that, but it's going to be <laughs> on more books with more characters. Oh my God. That's why there's going to be like 29 books. I'm going to be like 40 in my forties by the time I, if I publish one book a year. I'm okay with this. Because once I'm invested in oh, Ryan, once I'm invested in Quinn and everyone else, I always oh, want to keep it going. I want, I always want to read more and, and get to know what happens to them, what else can they come up with, you know, all that good stuff. And I'm really excited for like the end of the Into the Darkness series because I'm just going to have it like bleed right into book one of Death to the Soul. So it's going to be like, oh, and I'm so excited. It's going to be so cool. Ah, man. I, first of all, I'm at the same giddiness level with you because <laughs> this is very exciting. Second, you. you have to come back the oh, more yeah. you publish these books because <laughs> I am in for this ride for sure. Yes. This is so cool, River. I'm so glad that there is positivity out of this and entertainment out of this, though, yeah. and well, another, as much as uh, important it is. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's that I make sure to do with my books is I try to insert humor when and where I can, because a lot of times, like when you read a book about trauma or abuse, it's just dark. It's just right. sad. And then the victim is just left with like no hope. And I feel like that's just not sending out a very encouraging message to people who've been abused. So for me, humor was a huge coping mechanism. And the other thing with my books is humor can kind of help people to open up and be more receptive to a narrative, be more receptive to a message. And it, it kind of makes them feel safer in a way, helps them take their guard down a little bit. So that's another reason I did it. It was also a little strategic to kind of make the reader feel more comfortable, especially people who haven't experienced this sort of thing. It can be really jarring and overwhelming to read the sort of thing. But if you add in a little bit of humor, it can make things a lot easier. Now, Quinn's backstory doesn't have as much humor in it. That's just because, you know, it's really, it's just dark. But different you, path. Yeah. yeah. Right. But if you keep reading, you'll see that my characters, Quinn, Rianne, and the people who've been really abused, they end up finding their family. Like they end, yeah, they have to work through their trauma, but in the end, they're going to be okay. And if anyone here has can relate to like my story or whatever, I want you to know you're going to be okay too. You got to take it in baby steps. You got to be nice to yourself. And yes, you need to be nice to yourself. I know it's way easier said than done, but you know, practice makes perfect. You're not going to get it right away. That's okay. Take it in baby steps and keep trying to get to a point in your life where you are free and you have a support system. It's going to be hard. But once you get there, it's going to be worth it. So please, if you are listening to this and you have been abused, do not give up. Also, step number one needs to be getting away from the abusive environment, out away from the abusers, because you can't grow, you can't heal in an environment like that. For me, when I was in my abusive environment, everyone kind of kept telling me, oh, you have to heal where you are. No, I can't. I'm literally being abused. I can't heal in this environment. So so my goal at that point was just survival. And then once I got older and once I got the ability to leave and I, and I actually, the way I ended up leaving was because my husband, my now husband 
got me out of there. So I feel really thankful to him. It's one of those things where it's like, you need to do whatever you, you can to get away from your abuser so you can heal, so you can grow and so that you can move forward. And I also don't want people feeling like bad or guilty if they can't heal in the moment while they're being abused. Because I know I felt really guilty. Like, why can't I just be better than this? Why can't I just do this? Why can't I just do that? Well, because I was being abused. <laughs> I right. really saw improvement once I got out of their house and away from them and got more out into the world. Like, especially because like I was really isolated for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have a good idea of what the real world looked like. This is very important. And this is something that we want to shout from the you know, from the rooftop that how important this is, the healing process, being vocal about it and being stronger than you think you are. So I want to thank you to bringing this to light and then bringing your books to to light for us to not only enjoy, but to share with everybody else. Any last minute thing you want to say before we go? Thank you for giving me this platform and this opportunity Aww, to speak. Yeah, so, thanks. Yeah. Well, you can definitely check out the books on Amazon under R.I. Grove, and you can certainly, I don't know, share it to everybody that you know, because this is more important than than we think. And and then I'll hopefully talk to you next time. So thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Bye, River. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. Please continue to support indie authors and indie bookstores. And if you would love to support Tell Me About Your Book podcast, you can certainly do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash tellmepodcast. For a price of a coffee, you can support monthly for just $5. There's other tiers too in the memberships, and you can look at all the info about it, and I would certainly, certainly appreciate it. And of course, there's the other podcast, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where Caddy and I talk all things book and about her cats too. See you then.